0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Carolina Casuals. I'm Justin, and I'm, of course, joined by my brother Noah.
1: Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great week.
0: Hope you all have had a happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for joining us this week on a slightly different day, Black Friday. We hope you all had a wonderful time with family and friends on the holiday yesterday. Before we get into this episode, I want to go ahead and remind you that if you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you leave a five-star review on wherever it is. You get your podcasts from while you're there. Go ahead and leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts on the last week's games and what you think of the upcoming week in college football. Go ahead and follow us on both Facebook and Instagram at Carolina casuals podcast. Follow us to stay up to date on all the most recent information regarding this
1: podcast. There were some big games in the Carolinas this weekend. We begin in death Valley. Once again, again, Where the Clemson Tigers are riding a hot streak, taking down number 20 North Carolina 31 to 20. Drake May, 16 of 36 for 209 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Amari and Hampton, another great game on the ground with 19 carries for 178 yards and two touchdowns. Tez Walker with four catches for 70 yards to lead the heels. On the other side, Kay Klubnick, 21 of 32 for 219 yards and a touchdown. Will Shipley with 18 carries for 126 yards and a touchdown. And Adam Randall led the Tigers in yards with two catches for 57 yards. Justin, another win for Clemson, who's been riding a November hot streak. What do you make of the Tigers at this point?
0: So this was a, a fascinating game because when you look at the box score between both teams, the yardage is very, very even. There is about nine yards of total offense separating Clemson and UNC, and yet this was an 11-point game. And only one difference in the turnover margin. This was a weird one because early in this game, it felt like UNC was just they – they came out hot and it felt like they were going to run away with it. They had two red zone turnovers early in this game, both fumbles – by Marion Hampton, who is one of the better running backs in the country. Now, one of them, maybe you could say his fault. The second one was a great play by Nate Wiggins. If you have, I don't know if you've seen the clip, Noah, but Wiggins ran, they clocked him running like a 4 3. Oh my goodness. To track him down and force a fumble on the half yard line to give wow. Clemson the ball back. And that was hu- that was a huge play in the game because Carolina was going to go up 14 nothing, and Clemson was able to turn that into points. And from that point on, it really felt like Clemson was in control after that. that. That just seemed like a back. That was Carolina's second turnover of the game. Clemson just stole all the momentum, it felt like, on one play. So I give Clemson a lot of credit. The, the woes that usually have cost Clemson games this year, they actually avoided it for the most part. Nobody could hang on to the ball in this game. It was a very strange one. Clemson ultimately made fewer mistakes, I think, is what the game came down to. And like I said, really once we got into the second half, there was never a point, even when it was you know, 21-7, Carolina chipped into the lead 21-14, You just never felt like Clemson was out of control, which is something we haven't been able to say very often this year, especially against a team as good as UNC. So, credit to Clemson, they played phenomenal. You know, we've both said Death Valley is a very difficult place to play. Clemson is very, very good at home. The only team to go in this year and beat them was Florida State, and it took everything for florida state to win that game i give clemson a lot of credit they played really really well they've they've kind of got on a little run that you've kind of spoken about and they've ended this season i think on a much better note than it was looking for a while
1: yeah i just went and watched the nate wiggins chase down and that was very dk metcalf calf-esque of him he looked he looked completely out of the play and he took and he took that touchdown away you wonder how that game changes if hampton's able to score that touchdown You kind of wonder if you saw this coming momentum-wise. I mean, North Carolina, ever since the Virginia loss, has been more or less having to really fight for games and wins. I mean, they had the Campbell win in there, obviously, but lost to Virginia, lost to Georgia Tech. The Duke game was a fight to the finish, and having to go to Clemson is just a tough, tough ask. The big takeaway for me is Clemson's defense containing Drake May. This was one of his worst games, at least in a while, if not in the season. The the completion percentage was a huge thing, 16 of 36. And even with Hampton going for 178, Clemson's still able to contain the UNC offense. And then the big thing for me, Kay Klubnick, who I called out a few weeks ago, we both did, wondering if he was the guy it has been playing a lot better of late. 21 of 32 is much better completion percentage than we've been seeing. Adding 44 yards on the ground to bolster that running game is huge. And so... I think that's just I mean this is again this is what Clemson's been doing now all of these have been at home they've got a tough they, they got to see what they're going to do on the road which we'll see this week in the in the finale this was one that I thought Clemson would win but to hold Drake May to that kind of completion percentage in just over 200 yards very very well done by Clemson's defense and the offense has been looking much much better of late
0: well to the offenses point I think there's two things here. One, you mentioned Cade. Having Cade run the ball 12 times in this game, I know some of it was scramble, some of it was option runs. Having him use his legs more, I think, helped him get comfortable in this game. So I think that was a really good adjustment offensively, schematically to make. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing, I had been a little critical of Will Shipley. I thought he had not performed to the standard that I think was expected of him. This was a really good game for Will Shipley, and I think it was a game that he needed to have to get a little confidence back. He still did not out-carry Moffa, and Moffa still had a great day with you know, 84 yards on 23 carries. He kind of filled that bruiser back role. Shipley, 18 carries, 126 yards like you mentioned. I thought this was a good game for him to kind of get some confidence back. Obviously, he had the fumble, which you never want to see. So hopefully he can kind of clean that up a little bit. That's been a bit of an issue for him this year, putting the ball on the ground. So I'm hoping that maybe this will be a game to kind of get him some confidence back, especially going into South Carolina next week.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were, we were all ready to fire Garrett Riley and send Kate Klubnick out the door a couple of weeks ago. So to see this from Clemson, I think is very redeeming. I think every Clemson fan should probably be thanking Tyler from Spartanburg for lighting some kind of fire under Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, because ever since that phone call, man, Clemson has been on fire. And it makes this game even that much bigger and that much more important. But we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But great win for Clemson. North Carolina, again, has been kind of sputtering. We'll see what they can do in the coming weeks.
0: Let's move on now to the other team from South Carolina, and that is the Gamecocks. They have been fighting for their bowl eligibility now for the last three weeks. And this was going to be their toughest test to date on that quest, facing off against the Kentucky Wildcats at home. And this was a close game all the way through. And it was South Carolina coming out on top 17 to 14 to continue to keep their hopes alive for making a bowl game. Spencer Radler, 19 of 27 for 207 yards with two touchdowns in the air, both of which went to Xavier Leggett, who had six catches for 94 yards. And, of course, the two scores. Devin Leary for Kentucky, 17 of 34, 171 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Tough to get anything going on the ground today. For Kentucky, the biggest difference in the game, Kentucky three turnovers while South Carolina had zero. Noah, the Gamecocks keep their bowl hopes alive. Does this win over Kentucky give you a little bit more confidence in this team?
1: No. Honestly, it really doesn't. It was was good to see them pick up a win. Spencer Rattler has unfortunately cooled off from his really incredibly hot start to the season. Kentucky only got two sacks on South Carolina, which I think is a good development considering how maligned their offensive line has been throughout the rest of the season. But Kentucky's been kind of sputtering in and out, and South Carolina was only able to muster 17 points after scoring 10 in the first quarter. The ability of the defense to force three turnovers was very, very good, but 17-14, just kind of an ugly game. Just Seems to be kind of the epitome of South Carolina's season to this point. I think if you're South Carolina, you want to see maybe a little bit more points against a Kentucky team that has been average to say the least.
0: Well, what I will say for South Carolina is this was easily their best defensive performance since the Georgia game. I mean, they forced forced three turnovers, really limit Kentucky's offense in general. And we hadn't seen them do that since the Georgia game, and that was – weeks and weeks ago. So the offense obviously didn't play as well, and this was probably – I mean, in counter to that, this might have been South Carolina's worst offensive performance, maybe of the season. I mean, it was very difficult for them. I mean, maybe Missouri, Texas A&M are the other ones that you'd throw in that conversation. But the defense played well enough to get the win. As you mentioned, the offensive line only giving up two sacks I think is – a good thing for them, granted, Kentucky's defensive line is not necessarily one of the most dominant in the game, but still, they were able to keep Radler upright, but forcing the turnovers, I think, is a huge thing. I am with you. I don't know how much more confidence I have after a win like this. I guess the nice thing for them is, is of course, the finale against Clemson will be at home. Which is where it's, I think they've maybe got a little bit of an edge. So, do I feel any more confident in this team? Maybe more than I did three weeks ago. I mean, you know, Kentucky's been in and out this year, but Kentucky's at least still a bowl eligible team. They have a winning record. They were six and four coming into the week. It's a quality win on their schedule, it's one of the better ones that they've had this season. I mean, it's probably the best win they have this season. I mean, their other wins are Furman, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, and Mississippi State, which are an FCS team, a good FCS team at that, but an FCS team and then three nah, not very good teams. Jacksonville State's FCS too, are they not? Am I getting it? Uh, no, wrong? no, they're
1: they're they're FBS because they're part of the whole they were part of the whole thing to try and get into a bowl.
0: Oh, uh, that's right. They were, but they're not anymore. That's right. But this was easily the best win that they've now got on their season. So I think that from that standpoint, maybe they've kind of found, kind of like Clemson, this is their third win in a row. Maybe they've found at least a little bit of something. I feel like if you're a South Carolina fan, you probably have more hope going into this week than you had previously. But I think you're, you still are maybe a little bit worried considering that this was your best win of the season and it's against a team that's
1: got a decent chance to be 500 next week. Well, and in that three-game win streak, let's be honest, one of those teams was Vanderbilt. So let's remember that in there as well. <laughs> uh but the other the other thing to be concerned about with South Carolina is they were outgained by Kentucky. I mean, it was only by just under 40 yards, but Kentucky outgained them and South Carolina had the ball for a lot longer. And if you're South Carolina, you allow 122 rushing yards in a game that you won. The stats would suggest that Kentucky should have probably won this game, if not for those three turnovers. And you get credit for those turnovers, no doubt for South Carolina. But it's just it almost feels like other than the turnovers, SC got outplayed and it makes it feel like they escaped with this game. And that's where I don't really feel much better about them afterwards.
0: Let's move on now to our quick takes from last week in football in the Carolinas. And we will start with our first major team in the Carolinas to be missing out on a bowl game. And that is the wake forest demon Deacons. Granted, they were up against a tall task this week as they were in South bend to play Notre Dame. And it was a thrashing 45 to seven. The final score, Sam Hartman, 21 of 29 for 277 and four touchdowns against his former school. Audrick Estime added 115 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Less than 100 passing yards for Wake through Kern. Noah, we kind of saw this loss coming. It's a shame that, unfortunately, for Wake, it's their seventh, and they will be missing out on a bowl game this year.
1: Yeah, it's one of those where we talked about wake early in the year. We knew it was going to be a little bit of a struggle, but that best case they could find a way to make, have like a six and six, seven and five type of season. And this week was gonna have to be a major upset to keep that hope alive. So tough, tough ending for wake, but they've still got one more games to finish their season on a high note and a win, but tough game and a tough season for wake with some close, some close losses and some close losses, especially to Duke and to Clemson. I think those are the two games you look, if you look at that, really wanted to win those two. But we knew yesterday was going to be a tough game, but I think it's the epitome of the tough season that Wake had.
0: Next up, we will head to where college game day was this week, and that was, of course, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. James Madison was hosting Appalachian State, and the Mountaineers do what they do better than anyone in the country, and that's go on the road and upset teams. And it was App State Winning in overtime 26 to 23. Caden Robinson's eight yard pass from Joey Aguilar was the difference to give them the win. Aguilar was 28 of 46 for 318, three touchdowns, one interception on the day. This was going to be a, a tough game for App, but they find a way to win and they end JMU's perfect season.
1: Yeah, it, it's a tough it's a tough look and a tough loss for JMU considering everything that was going on, but this is you mentioned it, this is what App does. We saw it a year ago when App went down to college station and beat AM and took college game day from college station to Boone, North Carolina. This time they went to where they were not the feature of game day. In fact, they were well the undertone, well the underdog. And You know, I want to say they went in and shocked the world, but this was all a situation I think everybody could have foreseen happening. This is just what they do. A great fourth quarter rally from JMU to send the game to overtime, but in the end, App was just too good that day. So well done by App seizing the stage that was not meant for them.
0: Let's move now back into the ACC. NC State traveled up to Blacksburg to play against the Hokies and despite a late push from Virginia Tech state holds on to win 35 to 28 Brennan Armstrong 18 of 26 for 203 and two touchdowns once again leading NC State in rushing as well with 21 carries for the state quarterback 89 yards and two touchdowns on the ground a huge offensive day for Armstrong Noah, you got this pick right. I thought the Hokies would be able to win at home and and go to a bowl game, but State finds a way to win, and now they are the highest-ranked team in the Carolinas.
1: Yeah, State recently, as actually just on Tuesday night, earning number twenty-two ranking in the in the CFP, and just you know, State's quietly just out there, just eight and three. I think a lot of us, myself included, kind of wrote them off after the Duke loss back in early October, but. They're on a on a four-game win streak, and it's a four-game win streak that they've been in control of every game. Clemson, they were up 24-7. They let them back in at the end. Miami and Wake were convincing wins. And in this game, it was 35-14, and they held off a late rally. So NC State is just quietly taking a season that looked ugly at the beginning and making it look nice. We're going to see if they can finish it off this week but well done by nc state blacksburg's always a tough place to play so credit to them for going in and getting a win
0: next up staying in the state of virginia once again in charlottesville duke falls on the road to the cavaliers 30 to 27 loftus for duke goes 26 of 45 for 270 two touchdowns and an interception more on the ground with nine carries for 100 yards and a touchdown but it was Virginia and Colandrea, 21 of 30, 278, and three touchdowns to lead the way for the Cavs. Noah Duke's season right now just feels like it's in a free, for free fall.
1: It really does. And the Riley Leonard injury is a huge part of it. Uh, but you and I talked off air. The defense has, since the Florida State game, not been able to hold up their end of the bargain. And that was what was carrying the day for so much of the early season, even against Notre Dame. But from the fourth quarter of the Florida State game through the rest of this season, Duke allowed, I believe they allowed 21 points in the fourth quarter, I think is what it was, against Florida State. Then 23 to Louisville, 21 to Wake, 47 to UNC, and 30 to a struggling UVA team. I mean, the defense, which was their strong suit early in the year, has been letting them down. And the offense, just without Riley Leonard, is just not able to do enough. Um, They've been better in the recent weeks. They've still put up some points, but it's almost like it's felt like it's kind of flip flop. where the offense seems to be able to score. The defense can't do much, whereas earlier, maybe sometimes the offense was having trouble scoring, but the defense was holding up their end. So just tough finish for Duke. They've got one more game to at least try and get a seventh win. And credit to Virginia. They seem to like the state of North Carolina having beaten both Duke and UNC to this point in the season. But yeah, just a, a tough free fall for Duke right now.
0: Let's go now to our final college game, heading to the FCS. Noah's least favorite result from the weekend. Furman loses only their second game of the season to what was 1-9 Wofford, now 2-9 nine Wofford, 19-13. to 13. Wofford's quarterback owed him 9-18 for 92 yards and an interception, and that proved to be enough to win Wofford the game. It was Ingram on the ground carrying the day with 19 carries for 111 yards and a touchdown Jones for Furman 18 of 38 99 yards with a pick Noah this was an ugly loss for Furman University but at least now you have playoffs to look forward to
1: yeah and I'm honestly surprised that we're not playing this Saturday you know when I looked at The last two games, we lost our starting quarterback, Tyler Huff, in the Chattanooga game. And when I looked at the last two games, I was like, all right, they're games we should win without him. But I was more worried about last week's game because of the are we going to have a letdown because we just won this big game against Chattanooga to win to have the SoCon and guarantee ourselves the playoff and all this stuff. And we came out and dominated last week. And so I was like, "Okay, Wofford just picked up their first win against a team in the Citadel who I believe has now finished the season winless, and they, in fact, have finished the season 0-10. And we had probably our worst offensive performance of the season. Now I don't know if that was related to knowing we were already in the playoff and probably going to have a bye, but I hope that this is not the team that shows up in two weeks because I was very disappointed in what I watched Saturday against a team that has been struggling all year. So credit to Wofford, as much as I hate that those words are coming out of my mouth, credit to Wofford for pulling the upset, but for Furman, I hope this is a diff- that I see a different team in two weeks at Paladin Stadium. And finally,
0: we'll finish off in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers falling at home to the Dallas Cowboys. The final score was 33-10, to 10. Dak Prescott leading the way, passing 25 of 38 for 189 yards and two touchdowns. Tony Pollard had 12 carries on the ground for 61 yards and a touchdown. Bryce Young goes 16 of 29 for 123, a touchdown and a pick Noah just quickly. Obviously we thought maybe this would be some, some house cleaning this week, but I mean, we, we kind of expected this
1: loss anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, This was one I didn't think we had any shot of winning. My only takeaway from this game is we may have made a mistake in the draft, and I'm not talking about the quarterback. I watched the interception that Bryce threw. Bryce Young put it perfectly where Jonathan Mingo, it's like right on Jonathan Mingo's numbers, and he's ahead of the corner, but it's such a slow run from the receiver that the corner is able to catch up, undercut the route, and pick the ball off. I mean, it's just that has I think has been the epitome of the season is just receivers not being able to get separation, and even there when we had separation and there's a pretty darn good ball thrown, not being able to hold it. So I hope I hope that Mingo can continue to grow and improve. But you watch in Houston with a guy like Tank Dell, or in Indy with a guy like Josh Downs, who I you and I both talked off air have said that said even before the draft he's someone Panthers should have looked at. It just it was really frustrating to see that on to see to see those guys doing what they're doing and to watch our our rookie receiver among all of our other receivers he's not alone just to have that happen on that play i mean it's just it's the epitome of what has been a shocking development i think for even even national people a shocking development for how this season has gone for the panthers let's move on to our previews for this week's games and we're going to start staying in the nfl Panthers traveling to the Titans. Battle of rookie quarterbacks, Bryce Young and Will Levis. Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite at home. Justin, can the Panthers pick up win number two?
0: I don't know. This is a game that we should have a good chance in playing against one of the other rookies, but we just, we stink. Uh, there's just no other way to describe it. I mean, we're the worst team in football. We're going to be the worst team in football. I just, I, I've lost hope for this season. I just hope maybe somehow, some way we start seeing some progression with the young guys, even if it doesn't mean wins. But yeah, no, I just, I I can't pick us right now.
1: Our run defense has been struggling all year. Will Levis has been up and down. I could see against our defense, our very injured defense being an up game for him. I think Tennessee runs all over us with Derrick Henry and wins the game. I just agree with you. I think this this season is just lost at this point for the Panthers. Moving now to the college ranks, to the state of New York, where Wake Forest takes on Syracuse. Syracuse fighting for their bowl eligibility. Wake, at this point, is playing out the season. Syracuse is currently a three-point favorite at home. Justin, can Wake spoil Syracuse's bowl hopes?
0: Tickets for this game are as low as $4. If that doesn't tell you how much people care about this game. I don't know what does. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Wake just because I'd like to see Wake win the game. No other reason. They might win. It kind of depends on what Wake team shows up. They could win, they might not. Syracuse is, I think, on the same level as Wake Forest this year. So maybe Wake can find a way to pull this one out. Love to see him end on a win to close out the season.
1: I just don't know if I can pick Wake right now. It's just they have been struggling so much. And I think this is a game at home. Syracuse is fighting for their bowl hopes this year. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the orange at home. I think I think they end up grinding this one out and end up playing in the postseason. And next game on the list, Duke hosting Pittsburgh in the final regular season game in Durham. Duke currently favored by six against a struggling Pitt team. Duke has been struggling themselves as of late, as we talked about. Justin, can Duke finish the season on a high note against Pitt?
0: I think they'll I think they win this game. I think, yes, Duke has kind of been in a free fall, but Pitt is not very good. And Duke being at home senior night, I think they're going to have a lot of reason to show up. I, I like Duke in this game a lot. I think they will take advantage of a not so great pit team and close out the season, at least get their seventh win and and feel good heading into their bowl game.
1: I am also going to go with Duke. I think just Duke, I think is going to want to bounce back. I think being at home for them as well will motivate them. And I think this will be the game that Duke's defense will respond to the last couple of weeks against again, a struggling pit team. So I'm going to take the blue devils at home. And next we travel to the state of South Carolina for the annual rivalry of the Palmetto Bowl. Clemson traveling to Columbia to take on South Carolina. Clemson is a seven-point favorite on the road. Justin, Clemson is seeking revenge after the shocking upset last year. Does Clemson get revenge, or does South Carolina save their bowl hopes?
0: This is going to be a very competitive game, I think. South Carolina has everything to play for, and Clemson's, of course, on the road in a rivalry game wanting to try and avenge their first loss in a long time to end last season of the Gamecocks. I'm picking Clemson in this game for no other reason than I refuse to pick South Carolina to win this game. Call me biased. I don't care. <laughs> I'm picking the Tigers to win on the road.
1: Well, you know what? At least you own it. It's good It's good that you're owning that bias. Um,
0: I Don't care what stats you show me. Don't care what trends <laughs> are going on. I could if Clemson was winless and South Carolina was undefeated, I'd still pick Clemson to win this game. That's just I'm not going to do it.
1: So I just don't think South Carolina is good enough. Honestly, I think Clemson's been trending up and up and up. They have revenge on their mind. They know what they're going to get. And I I think this is just one that I think gets away from South Carolina. They're going to fight hard early because they know their season's on the line. But I think Clemson ultimately is just going to be too much. I think they're just the better team. So I'm going to take the Tigers on the road.
0: And you know Clemson would love nothing more than to just end the South Carolina's season.
1: For sure. For sure. I, sh- I think Clemson's just on too much of a roll right now to pick against. And the last game of the week, the big game of the week in the state of North Carolina, North Carolina playing NC State in Raleigh. UNC is actually a two and a half point favorite on the road. I believe these odds were released before the rankings came out, but UNC is a two and a half point favorite in Raleigh. This is a battle I think for North Carolina supremacy and even all of, I think this is a battle for all of Carolina supremacy who stakes their claim as the best team in the state of North Carolina and in the Carolinas as a whole for the 2023 season. I think this
0: is going to be a great game. I really do, and I think both teams are going to come out and play well, play hard. I think where I am very curious to see this game is North Carolina's run defense is a little suspect, and they're playing against an NC State team that wants to run the football, especially with their quarterback. I think that's going to give UNC's already mediocre defense a lot of problems. Now... With that said, Carolina's offense can score. You've been a big fan this year of NC State's defense. So I like the Wolf Pack to win this game. As long as the ranking doesn't get to their head, I, I do think that NC State will find a way to win this game. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be close. But I like NC State to win at home on senior night against their rivals.
1: This is a tough one for me because there's everything in me that says UNC's got this offense and I'm not sure that NC State's going to score enough. But I thought that with Duke two weeks ago when they played in Chapel Hill and Duke proceeded to score 45 points and nearly win the game in overtime. I have been a fan of NC State's defense. And it's kind of felt like UNC has been kind of trending down ever since the late October and NC State's been trending up since the beginning of since the end of October. So I'm going to ride the momentum. I'm going to ride the defense here and I'm going to also take the Wolfpack at home. It's going to be a close game. It always is. UNC is going to fight not just because of what they're playing for, but also because they've lost the last two years in this rivalry. State State has won the last year's in very close wild games. I anticipate another very close wild game, but I think NC State's defense ultimately wins the day for the Wolfpack.
0: Now we move on to our final segment, our favorite moment. Obviously, we talk a lot about football in the Carolinas on this podcast, but the sport spans beyond just the two states. And so we want to use this opportunity to share our favorite moment from across the national football landscape and for this week we are headed down to Tallahassee, Florida and the Florida State Seminoles. Florida State had a dominant win this weekend 58 to 13 over North Alabama, but they suffered a huge blow with a devastating season-ending injury to quarterback Jordan Travis who had been having a sensational Season For Florida State. In fact, his injury, most people will say, directly led to Florida State dropping in the polls this week, even though they won in dominant fashion. A lot of people have started to write off Florida State now with, with Travis being out. People think that Florida State's season is done. However, towards the end of the weekend, Jordan Travis released New NIL merchandise, So NIL being name, image, and likeness, of course, following his injury in support of backup quarterback Tate Rotomaker, The quarterback will be stepping in beginning this week, making his first start in a rivalry game against the Florida Gators. And Jordan Travis, as a show of support, has released T-shirts that include phrases like finish, with the second I and s as the number 13, which are, which is of course is Jordan Travis's numbers. You have hashtag finish for 13. He also has a believe I believe design with the 18 being the I and the B. And all of the profits from the I believe shirt will go to Rodamaker will be making the start this week so all of those proceeds will be going to him a a guy who maybe doesn't have the name image and likeness deals right now that Jordan Travis does but it's also a really nice way to for your starting quarterback your star quarterback to show his support for a guy in his locker room I think it's a really classy move from Jordan
1: Travis this is really cool to see from Jordan Travis. Everything I've heard is he's always just been a real, a real, really good kid, a really stand up guy. And they always talk about how, you know, how this, the football, the football locker room and how the, the players can support each other. But this almost feels like a play for the fan, like a play for the supporting for the fan base, not even just it's Travis showing his support, but it's also Travis saying to the fans, hey, this season is not dead yet just because, I'm not here. This guy's got it too. And I I think it's just, it's a really cool way to not have it be words, but have it invest in, have it be a part of something big, be a part of, be a part of Rotomaker, who, as you said, may not have the same NIL deals that not just Travis, but a lot of people have on that team. And so really, really good move here by Jordan Travis. It's great to see, even in the midst of a horrific injury. And we hope for him that it, that that injury can heal and that he will be able to have a full recovery and can get back on the football field at the next level as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, because he had been playing great for Florida State this year. And I think for two reasons, this is a great thing. One, because you see Jordan Travis putting personal investment into his guy, mm-hmm. which is always – that always means a lot to the, to the guy personally. He's going to really – you know, I think show a lot of love and appreciation for Jordan Travis, but for the rest of the locker room to see Jordan put his own resources into something like this and say, Hey, I'm fully committed to this guy. I mean, Travis could just go have his surgery, sit at home and not, and we not hear from him and nobody would blame him. But I mean, he is fully invested and is backing his team as he should be, obviously, but he's, he's a believer and. You know, you hope the best for him because it was a horrible way for him to end his college career. But it's really, really great to see him just show his belief so publicly Mm -hmm. and in this fashion in his teammates. Thank you all so much for tuning in again this week to the Carolina Casuals. If you enjoyed, make sure to leave a five star review on wherever it is you get your podcasts from. While you're there, go ahead and leave a comment down below telling us your thoughts on last weekend's games and what you're expecting from the upcoming week of football in the Carolinas. Make sure to follow us on both Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Casuals Podcast. Follow us to stay up to date on all the most recent information regarding this podcast. As I said, thanks so much again for tuning in, and we will see you all next week to review what is sure to be a heated rivalry weekend in the Carolinas. Have a great one, everyone.